millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment, which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required. Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply. See Pennzoil.com slash warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Okay, let's go ahead and get this party started. Hello and welcome one and all to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with white boy Malcolm X. And I know I mentioned on our Sunday podcast that most likely I would not be able to do a Wednesday podcast, but we are going to go ahead and try to sneak one in maybe 30 minutes or so. We'll just kind of have to play it by ear. I only have a couple of stories and some news quick hits before that. But before we jump into all that, remember you can get hold of me a couple different ways. So my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. My parlor handle is at millerfrost and my locals website is millerfrostshow.locals.com. Whiteboy MacMX, I actually have to apologize to you. I do, (laughs) yes. I just realized I am kind of rushing through this because we've talked about how we have a limited amount of time to put something like this together today. Unfortunately, folks, like I said on Sunday's podcast, we do have a little bit of a scheduling conflict. So today's podcast is going to be a little bit shorter. But White Boy Malcolm X, I announced you, but I did not announce you as my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. I just said White Boy Malcolm X is here. So I apologize, sir. That was rude of me to do that. We should not, under any circumstances, rush through these kind of things. And I hope... I hope you are doing well, sir. I am doing just fine. Thank you, by the way, for coming over and helping me put this together on the fly, even though you have yet again stolen an Italian beer. <laughs> That's fine. That's what they're in there for, just for just for you. And before I forget, sir, I know that you have been celebrating Black History Month with your Kenty cloth because you are fake black. And I wanted to let you know that for Sunday's podcast, which folks, if you don't know, is the last day of February. It is the last day of Black History Month, and I'm going to try to scare up, not literally, but try to scare up something special just for you to honor, sir, honor your 28 days of celebrating Black History Month, even though you are fake black. So let's go ahead and jump in with our news quick hits, and the first one out is from France 24. Stakes are high as QAnon conspiracy phenomenon emerges in France. So Q has gone across the pond and has implanted himself in France. I suspect because he knows they'll surrender. (laughs) Monsieur Macron will uh, be like, uh, we surrender. And uh, Q will be running France inside of a couple of weeks. (laughs) If all goes according to plan. But if you don't know what QAnon is, folks, 
They are, according to the France 24 article, they are a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. And no, I am not talking about high school teachers. Technically, high school teachers who screw their students are aphibophiles. They are not pedophiles. That would be the elementary school teachers. So the Q folks are not fighting high school teachers. So calm down out there. But they are now in France. And what I'm wondering about White Boy Malcolm X is what about JFK Jr.? Because part of the conspiracy is that JFK Jr. is alive and at the time he was helping Donald Trump in office to unearth this cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles, but Trump's out of office. QAnon has gone over to France and I don't know what's going on with JFK Jr. And I'm not, quite frankly, I am not that interested in Q and the conspiracy theories to find out about JFK Jr., but if anyone out there knows and wants to entertain me, miller at millerfrostonline.com is my email. Speaking of pedophiles, though, or, you know, we do have folks, we do have some folks in England who are downloading the podcast and they call them pedophiles. So pedo or pedo, depending on where you are in relation to the pond. This is from the AP and this headline, Boy Scouts celebrate the first group of female Eagle Scouts. So they, folks, they have their very first batch of female Eagle Scouts. And I don't know, folks, if these are females with a vagina or females with a penis. It doesn't say in the article. And folks, please don't yell at me about that because that that is not my rule, right? That is from the transgender community that a, a female can have a penis and a man can have a vagina. So it, when it says female Eagle Scouts, I don't know what the, uh, the sex organs are there, but we're going to assume... No, I'm not even going to assume because you can't assume these. You can't assume anymore. From the post millennial, Gina Carano calls out Disney and Lucasfilm for toxic work environment, psychological bullying. <laughs> no kidding, Gina. And I don't mean that to be flippant. We love Gina Carano on the Miller Frost Show. We do love her to death. She is actually a good actress, and we did enjoy The Mandalorian while she was on there, but I don't know if I'm going to watch any more of it. And I, folks, I really think she got railroaded. But, you know, I can't imagine what it was like for her running around that woke, insane asylum that was Disney and Lucasfilm. <laughs> those people are insufferable in those sorts of organizations. I mean, I bet Nike is worse. Can you imagine White Boy Malcolm X working? Well, you can because you're fake black. But can you imagine walking around Nike as a white guy? You're like, man, how many targets do I have on my back today? Speaking of Disney, though, this is from Fox Business. Disney Plus gives The Muppet Show an offensive content disclaimer before select episodes. Do you remember The Muppet Show, White Boy Malcolm X? Kind of, yeah. I'm, I do a little bit. I remember my younger brother used to love like Fraggle Rock, which was on HBO. But uh, I do remember vaguely The Muppet Show. But this apparently, folks, affects 18 episodes over the show's five seasons. It was on for five seasons. And Fox Business did not give a lot of examples of what they consider offensive content, but they did mention, and this is going to be very triggering for some of you out there, Johnny Cash apparently sang on the on the show, and he sang in front of a Confederate flag. <laughs> so man, I bet that is triggering in today's society. And I will read to you folks, I will read to you the offensive content disclaimer from Disney. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of peoples and cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, 
learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. Man, now that, folks, that is symbolism over substance. It's kind of offensive, but we're not going to touch it. We're just going to leave it there and let everyone get offended. And if we put this disclaimer in front, then no one can yell at us, right? <laughs> so that is, uh, that is that. I tell you what, though. Do we not have enough conversations? I don't know why Disney wants to spark more conversations on race, because all these conversations do is just agitate the hell out of people. But we need to, apparently we need to have more of those conversations out there. Thank you, Disney, for contributing to racial strife in the U.S. Did you know White Boy Malcolm X? They are, they're riding in Barcelona. And folks, if you wonder why I say Barcelona instead of Barcelona, it's because that is Castilian Spanish. That's what someone told me it was. The king, I guess one of the kings used to lisp, and so they all have a lisp over there. So that is why I say that. And if I'm wrong, oh well. It is as it is. But yes, they have been riding. And what have they been riding over? A jailed rapper. <laughs> that, that is what is a serious riding issue in Spain. So in the U.S., if a police officer kills a capital B black person, that gets you a lot of riots in Spain. If you jail a rapper, that's going to get you a lot of riots. So different set of priorities, I suppose. The rapper's name, folks, is Hasel or Hassel, H-A-S-E-L. I don't know. Never heard of him or her or it, they, them. I don't know. And Hassel is going to be serving a nine-month prison sentence. This is what they're writing over. Apparently, folks, he was tweeting and his song lyrics were insulting to the Spanish monarch. You don't want to do that. And he also managed to praise terroristic violence in his, I'm sure it's wonderful music. Man, I bet that makes Nancy Pelosi kind of aroused. To go, hmm, you mean you can lock people in jail for insulting the monarch? And I'm the queen of the House of Representatives. Hmm, that would be great. <laughs> and don't worry, folks, because Jack Dorsey's virgin pajama boy posse over at Twitter, they probably, I'm sure those tweets are Blue check marked and they are good to go. Similar folks to the, you know, the Ayatollah of Iran. He can threaten to kill Jews all day long. He can threaten to exterminate Israel off the face of the map. That is perfectly fine. You know, Jack Dorsey's virgin pajama boy posse, they'll keep all that kind of crap up. Of course, Miller Frost gets tossed off of, of Twitter for calling Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen. But I'm sure it's okay for Hassel to criticize the Spanish monarch and praise terroristic violence on Twitter. I'm sure that is just fine. White Boy Malcolm X, you remember Madonna, don't you? Yes, like a virgin. <laughs> kind of like a virgin. It's Madonna. She's 62. I mean, we'll be nice. This is the Miller Frost Show. We will be nice. She is kind of like a virgin. <laughs> I'm sure somehow, some way. But yes, it's that Madonna. She's a little butthurt, White Boy Malcolm X. She is being oppressed, apparently. She's been out complaining on, speaking of Twitter, she was on Twitter, complaining about the patriarchy. And here is the tweet. The patriarchy continues to try to crush my neck with their heavy boots, cut off my life force, and take away my voice. Even those who call themselves artists. You know who you are, triple exclamation point. Death to the patriarchy, now and forever. So yes, folks, Madonna is just a first-class drama queen. Good God. <laughs> I don't know who's trying to keep her down, but uh, 
I wish they were more successful because every time she pops up now, it's like, look at me, look at me. I'm Madonna. Remember me? Huh? Remember me? I'm still relevant, huh? It's not the 80s or 90s, but I'm still here. Nobody cares about you anymore, Madonna. <laughs> Retire with some grace and dignity. Good God, woman. <laughs> Last time I saw her, she had that, uh, well, I guess I'll call it a vagina hat, right? The the women who were out there protesting Trump, they, they called it the pee hat, and I'll let you figure that out on your own, but... Uh, Last I saw of Madonna or heard of Madonna, she had her vagina hat on. But uh, now the patriarchy is out to get her, as if anyone cares about her these days. Poor princess. Poor princess Madonna. Tiger Woods, folks. I'm sure you know about this already. It's everywhere. But Tiger Woods was in a bit of a, an auto accident yesterday. He seems to be doing okay, although it sounds like he's going to have a a bit of a long road to recovery. We wish you the best here from the Miller Frost Show, Tiger. Hope you have as speedy a recovery as you can. I tell you what, though, folks, that man, bless his heart, he is definitely media clickbait. I mean, if something happens to Tiger, it is everywhere. I was at the gym this morning. As I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I am gay obese. So I had to go on the treadmill this morning to work some of that off. If you don't know what gay obese is, we will get into that another time. But Not one, not two, but four television stations at one time all had Tiger Woods news on. So if I wasn't getting it from one, I was getting it from the other. But God, (laughs) poor guy can't go to the bathroom without that making the news. If you folks thought that Consumer Reports getting woke was bad, if you thought that was bad when we were reporting on a couple of those episodes, how's this? This is from Car and Driver. Chief of Cherokee Nation says it's time for Jeep to stop using its name. Apparently, folks, the Cherokee Nation is asking Jeep to change the name of both their Cherokee and Grand Cherokee vehicles, and this is the pull quote from that article. I'm sure this comes from a place that is well-intended, but it does not honor us by having our name plastered on the side of a car, Chuck Hoskin Jr., Principal Chief of the Cherokee Nation, told Car and Driver in a written statement responding to our request, and that was the request from Car and Driver, for comment on the issue. So I guess car and driver, they're sitting around going, hmm, how can we stir up trouble? And some idiot at the office was like, let's ask the Cherokee Nation of what they think about uh, Jeep having their name on the side of the car. Stirring up that trouble like a bunch of gossip girls. (laughs) I guess Chuck Hoskin was not very happy. And let's finish that quote. The best way to honor us is to learn about our sovereign government, our role in this country, our history, culture, and language, and have meaningful dialogue with federally recognized tribes on cultural appropriateness. So in other words, folks, you're not allowed to use the word Cherokee unless Chuck Hoskin Jr. approves of that God. Of all the things to worry about in this world, whether Cherokee or Grand Cherokee is on the side of a Jeep, is uh, I would not even put that in the top 2,000. But apparently to Chuck Hoskin, that is a high priority in his world now that Car and Driver has asked him about that. This is from NOLA.com and White Boy Malcolm X. You got to listen to this. Summit Mistress, you're going to love this as well. And I can't believe you didn't tell me about this. Man shot in leg in Florida area neighborhood, New Orleans police say. So folks, the city of New Orleans has an area called Florida. (laughs) I wonder if that's where they put all their train wreck people. Just like, like go, you go to Florida. You go to the Florida neighborhood. Uh, we're, you're not welcome around here. <laughs> it's like its own little mini Florida in New Orleans. So who knew? We got to keep an eye on that. We got to keep going to NOLA.com to see how much mischief those people in the Florida neighborhood are causing. And I was just joking, folks, that 
all the crazy going on in Louisiana. I figured they wanted to be annexed into the state of Florida. Who knew? They got their own Florida neighborhood. This is from The Advocate, and this headline, Jonathan Capehart brings black gay visibility to morning talk. Just what you people wanted. And I know a couple of you liberals were like, all these straight white guys on the Sunday morning programs. Man, I wish we had some capital B black queens on these <laughs> so we can watch them. I want to get their perspective. Well, here you go. Boom. Jonathan Capehart to the rescue. And here's the pull quote from that. Additionally, Capehart plans to put his unique attributes front and center. I'm an African-American, openly gay man, and those qualities alone bring a different perspective than the other folks who are sitting in those Sunday morning show chairs, he says. Just as Joy Reid did before me, I will continue to focus on issues important to African-Americans and, whoa, white boy Malcolm X, African-Americans, I didn't think you were supposed to say that anymore. I thought you were supposed to say capital B Black. Jonathan, get with the program. And of course, issues and concerns related to the LGBTQ community. I'm bringing my entire identity to the chair, and as such, I hope it leads to a broader understanding for everybody watching. And I don't know about you folks, but that sounds insufferable to me. But good luck, Jonathan, bringing your capital B Black Queen attributes out into the open. Just what everyone wants to hear. And for our last news quick hit, this is from Variety, CSI New Orleans. And I think there are like, I don't know, 20 or 30 of these CSI shows. Every major city has one. I've never watched any of them, but apparently CSI New Orleans is plug pulling after only seven years. They are done. So, and just when we find out that there is a Florida area neighborhood in New Orleans, they are pulling that show. I bet they had a lot, a lot of good material there. And that reminds me, White Boy Malcolm X, did I ever tell you the iced tea story? No, not the drink. <laughs> the actor. I see the actor. The I guess he used to be a rapper, and now he's an actor. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, I got to tell you, folks, this uh, the CSI thing, that it just triggered me. So anyway, I was out in Boston with a couple of friends of mine, this gay couple that I know, and uh, yes, those two. Well, <laughs> they're kind of campy. I love them to death. <laughs> they're fine, folks. Anyway, but we were out. We went and had lunch, and... We went out uh, to a bar very quickly just to grab a drink. I had never been to this place. And they're like, oh, let's go over there and have a drink. So we're there. It was dead as can be. Three of us at the bar. And the television was on. And it was one of these crime shows. And I don't know which one. I don't think it was a CSI. But uh, Ice-T was in it. And the episode was, it was kind of funny because Ice-T, it was about the down low, the DL. And basically what that is, is where I guess black men... They're married, they have kids, but they're gay. And so they have like gay sex, they're doing whatever. And they call it being on the DL and on the down low. And so this particular episode, there was a couple of black, capital B black, they were real black folks. And they, I guess there was some DL incident where one of them got murdered. And so they're investigating this crime and poor Ice-T, I have never felt more bad for an actor in my life, but he had to explain to these dopey, young, kind of millennial type white actors, or I guess they were playing police officers, but he had to explain to them what being on the DL in the black community meant. And I have to tell you, Ice-T really did deserve some sort of Emmy Award for that performance because I'm sure he read that script and was like, what the hell? I got to deliver these crappy lines? I got to tell these white kids about the DL? Poor guy kept having to say, it was like a drinking game almost. A number of times Ice-T had to say, you know, on the DL, they're on the DL, blah, 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 the DL. So I felt bad for Ice-T that episode because, man, I would just 
I mean, those kind of shows, I think they look kind of stupid to me, but that one, I just, I probably watched about 20 minutes of that episode as we were sitting there drinking. And I'm like, man, this is a dumpster fire of a show. And poor Ice-T has to deliver these crappy lines. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's go ahead and dig into our pile. I only have like five or six stories. And yes, White Boy Malcolm X, Gay is at the front and Smoking Gun is at the back. This first story is from Queerty. And since we talked about Adam Rippon, the ice skater and his 2000 condoms, he got that queen got into his backpack. Let's go to the Summer Olympics and talk about a swimmer, a gay swimmer, White Boy Malcolm X, Matthew Mitchum. And here's the headline. Matthew Mitchum opens up about trying to suppress his sexuality. Heavens no. In a new interview with BBC Sport, Matthew Mitchum, 32, opens up about the long road to accepting himself as a gay man and the awful toll it took on his performance and his body. As he began to realize his attraction to men as a teenager, Mitchum tried desperately to deny his feelings. I was so scared of it that I would actually tie a rubber band around my wrist and every time I had a gay thought, I would snap it to try to associate pain and suffering with the gay thought. And Matthew, you should have just asked me, because there's a lot of pain and suffering dealing with those queens out there. To try and train myself out of being gay, said the diver who won the gold at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. I felt stuck not being able to be authentically me. I didn't want to admit I deceived people and lied for so long, which left me feeling alienated. For Mitchum, that meant consuming large amounts of drugs and alcohol to forget the truth. And listen to how he would do that, folks. I would literally block my nose and drink, 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 because the aim wasn't to get drunk. It was to throw up and pass out quicker than I did the week before, he said. It was relief, escapism, and the way of shutting my brain off for a few hours, but it kept escalating. And I don't know about you folks, but I'd rather just keep the alcohol down (laughs) and uh, use that relief instead of Throwing up and passing out. Man, that is harsh to block your nose. And we might have to try that uh, this coming weekend. We might have to see what that does. Not that I want to throw up or anything, but uh, I don't know why you block your nose to drink. But anyway, moving on. Mitchum's depression got so bad, he actually quit diving for a time. His redemption took place 15 months prior to the 2008 Olympics. When a second chance to compete presented itself, Mitchum quit drinking and staged an athletic comeback, eventually winning gold. He then came out as gay, which proved stressful if liberating. In the same interview, Mitchum went on to detail a brief relapse following his Olympic win when come down from success pushed him back into depression. He became addicted to crystal meth, holy crap, and contemplated suicide before admitting himself to rehab. Man, that, that is a really destructive drug. Not that I've ever tried it. But I was with someone who was really into that, and it will crash everything very quickly. These days, Mitchum is much happier and clean of drugs and alcohol. He married his husband, Luke Rutherford, in February 2020, and discovered newfound pride in his coming out, which has opened the door to other gay athletes competing in the Olympics. Well, good for him. In all seriousness, folks, good for him. I'm glad he kind of found his bliss. I wasn't here to make fun of him on that. Everyone has their... Their coming out story, some are harder than others, and his crystal meth, the drinking, yeah, that that took a hard turn. Mine, thankfully, was not uh, not like that, but uh, I'm glad he kind of got himself back to good. And see, White Boy Malcolm X, I can do nice gay stories. <laughs> I'm sure some of you out there are like, all you want to do is pick on the queens. 
Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, don't get me wrong. But yeah, there are stories like this. And I did pick on Adam Rippon in his 2000 condoms. I'm like, man, that power bottom. When did he have time to skate? But with this one, he had a rough coming out story. And hey, good for him. And I, I will have nice stories from time to time. And this is one of them. So good for you, Matthew Mitchum. I hope you and Luke Rutherford are very, very happy in your bliss. This is from Fox Business. Google to evaluate executives on diversity and inclusion. Uh Uh-oh. Alphabet Inc.'s Google will evaluate the performance of its vice presidents and above on team diversity and inclusion starting this year, the company said on Friday in one of several responses to concern about its treatments of a black scientist. Timnet Gebru, co-leader of Google's ethical artificial intelligence research team, said in December that Google abruptly fired her after she criticized its diversity efforts and threatened to resign. Alphabet and Google chief executive Sundar Pichai, I'm not sure what this guy's name is. I know he's world famous. I just have no idea. I'm I'm sorry, Sundar. I don't know how to pronounce your name. That's what I'm going to call you. Ordered a review of the situation. While Google declined to share specific findings, the company announced on Friday it will engage human resources specialists during sensitive employee departures. Pichet in June said that by 2025, Google aims to have 30% more of its leaders come from underrepresented groups with a focus on capital B Black, Latinx. So I don't know who's involved in that decision, but we know there are snooty white liberal and Native American leaders in the United States and female technical leaders globally. About 96% of Google's U.S. leaders at the time were white or Asian and 73% globally were men. And can you imagine white boy Malcolm X being an Asian man at Google thinking, man, I've got protected class status. I am all good here. I am a minority. Ha ha ha. Whitey is going to get thrown out of here. And they're like, uh, no, you're included in that too. Like, damn, damn it. How did I get roped into this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are out of there as well, sir. As a result of the investigation, The company also expanded a commitment announced in June to devote more resources to retaining and promoting existing employees, including by expanding a team addressing disputes among workers and their managers, and more resources. Hmm, what could that be? I don't know. White Boy Malcolm X, what what do you think? Very good. You've been paying attention. And folks, if you're new to the podcast... More resources, I have little doubt in my mind that Google is thinking about queens, queens with clipboards showing up (laughs) probably through the human resources department to make sure that their vice presidents and above are sufficiently woke. And can you see that? Hi. Hi there, Mr. Vice President. I'm from Human Resources, and I'm here just to make sure this is part of your performance evaluation, and I've got my pen, and I've got my clipboard right here. And so we need to go over a few things, because as you know, part of your evaluation is on your team's diversity. So what I would like to know is, first off, and this is first on my list, can I get, because we want to do a gender assessment, right? Because gender assessment is very important part of this And we'll get to the color spectrum in a second on skin tones, but this is very important. So I want to assess your gender ratio. So can I get an understanding of the number of vaginuses and penises, please? I need a ratio. 
ha, that's a trick question. You're wrong. That is so wrong. And I'm going to just tell you something about how unwoke you are. Just because someone has a penis doesn't make them a man. Just because someone has a vagina doesn't make them a woman. You, sir, you have failed already. And I don't even need to ask the rest of this question. You're done. You're out of here. Kiss your jab goodbye. <laughs> and if you think that is not coming to Google, you are wrong. Because woke, woke is just not on skin tones and gender. It is about all sorts of things. This is from the New York Post. California mom says she's bullied by fellow parents for selling sexy snaps on, oh God, here we go again, OnlyFans. And who isn't on OnlyFans? A mom who sells sexy snaps online claims she was bullied by fellow parents at her kid's school, but says that won't stop her. Known as Mrs. Poindexter on the OnlyFans app, and folks, she kind of looks like one of those trampy high school teachers that's always looking for that 15, 16-year-old fresh meat to, you know, have some fun with. Northern California mom Tiffany Poindexter claims to rake in more than $150,000 a month, damn, selling access to naughty photos and videos taken by her husband. Parents at her kid's school, however, are not fans. The 44-year-old said that they started a campaign to get her three kids kicked out of the school when her account was discovered last summer. Some women from my area actually printed out pictures I posted on my OnlyFans and mailed them to the principal of my children's school, she told Jam Press. We were called a lot of names. Apparently, it was disturbing, disgusting, horrifying, and my children should be kicked out. Poindexter claims the principal opted not to get involved. Good for him. She and her husband, meanwhile, have continued to run the account and chalk the campaign up to jealousy. I reckon most of the husbands have taken a look at Tiffany's account, hubby Chris Poindexter said. Maybe that's why these women have such an issue with us. <laughs> wow. Man, bunch of ugly mean girls. And folks, I give the, the ladies and the gentlemen on OnlyFans a very, very hard time. But come on. For Christmas sakes, don't harass them. Don't try to go after their freaking kids too. You people need to, you mean girls in California just need to settle down out there. Good God. So Tiffany, Miss Poindexter, you go get them and enjoy that 150 grand a month. Man, that is some good bank. And this next story, I hope they're not talking about you and I, white boy Malcolm X. Alarming rise in alcohol abuse during COVID pandemic. Americans, particularly young adults, are increasingly turning to alcohol to cope with life during a viral pandemic, a new study shows. Researchers at the University of Arizona are sounding the alarm on a spike in substance abuse as Americans have endured a year of devastating illness, isolation, and job loss caused by the global coronavirus outbreak. The new study revealed trends during lockdown pointing to hazardous or harmful alcohol consumption, as well as an increased likelihood of developing alcohol dependence or a severe substance abuse disorder. Being under lockdown during a worldwide pandemic has been hard on everyone, and many people are relying on greater quantities of alcohol to ease their distress, said lead author Dr. Scott Kilgore in a university press statement. Kilgore's team surveyed roughly 1,000 per month, a total of 5,931 adults from all 50 states and D.C. between April and September 2020. We found that younger people were the most susceptible to increased alcohol use during the pandemic, which could set them on a dangerous path towards long-term alcohol dependence, Kilgore said. In other words, the young have been disproportionately disaffected. And I feel bad. I mean, I give the millennials and Gen Z a hard time, but man... That is rough on careers, especially these folks just getting out of college, trying to navigate the world with all of this and job interviews and all that craziness. 
and all those student loans and creepy Uncle Joe Biden won't forgive all $50,000 or what have you. But I think we are getting really close to the line if we haven't crossed it already where the cure, the cure is worse than the disease. But hey, let's face it, COVID Karen is happy. So just shut up and have a drink. We had talked about racial badges and as woke as I am, I knew I was getting all the ebony badges. I was going to ace those puppies left and right. But this is a new one, White Boy Malcolm X, and this is from Campus Reform. University of Kentucky promotes segregated racial healing circles. Hmm, let's find out more about that. A professor at the University of Kentucky is partnering with activist organizations to offer free racial healing circles for black people. And yes, folks, they are capital B black. According to UK Now, Candace Hargens, a professor in the University of Kentucky's College of Education, announced a six-week series of free online courses to allow black community members to discuss racial identity development, racial socialization, and cognitive, emotional, and somatic responses to racism. Participants were invited to join sessions including Surrendering Superwoman Syndrome, Healing While Black, and Family Matters, sessions geared towards black women, men, and families respectively. Through my training as a licensed psychologist, my scholarship as a scientist and healing racial trauma, and my lived experience as a black woman, Hargan said, I have gained the understanding that we can't heal racial trauma without an accompanying strategy to prevent racist stressors from occurring. And if you don't know what a racist stressor is, just say Blue Lives Matter. Hargan's is leading the program through the Center for Healing Racial Trauma, which I'm sure is a fun center, where she serves as executive director. The organization uses love, liberation, equity, and creativity informed therapeutic interventions to help racially marginalized people heal from racism. The group offers therapists you don't have to explain 400-year history to. Well, I do have a question about this. So they have therapists, so the folks, the capital B black folks, don't have to go in there and say, well, before I can tell my story, I have to tell the whole story of black oppression throughout the last 400 years (laughs) That sounds exhausting to me. You kids are exhausting if you got to go through that, man. I mean, who doesn't, folks? Who does not have 400 years of history to bitch and complain about? And I know, I know, folks, that uh, my ancestors are from Europe, and I've got a lot of white privilege and white supremacy and all that, white power and white whatever, blah, 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 blah. But let's face it, 400 years ago in Europe was about, what, 1600? <laughs> I don't know if that was a walk in the park for most people, white or not. So I don't know who's complaining about 400 years of history. I have to have a white therapist. Can you see this white boy, Malcolm X? I go in and I'm like, I have to have a white therapist because 400 years ago, my the Frost family was oppressed. They were just oppressed by, God knows, the Spanish came in and was raping and pillaging and all sorts of wars. And it was horrible. The French came up as well. And it was just crazy. And then, because we were Catholic and the Protestants were going after us, and I, I can't cope anymore. I just don't know what I'm going to do. So. Okay, folks, if you've got to complain about 400 years in the past to get your therapist up to speed, you have fun with that. This is from Queerty. And, you know, folks, we have talked a lot about the gay community being shallow and geared towards youth. And I just found this a very interesting, it's mostly a quote. It's, it's on Queerty's site, and the headline is, Leslie Jordan does not want to be seen as a preachy old man. But it looks like it was a long quote that he had told a journalist about ageism in the gay community. And I actually met Leslie Jordan years ago, probably almost 20 years ago, and I met him at a gay wedding in Malibu. And don't ask how I got there. 
I was the driver for someone who was invited, but they weren't able to drive. So I was like, yeah, I'll tag along. So I went there and we had fun. It was interesting gay wedding. It was a some guy, he was like early 40s, I would say, and he had a boy toy. This kid was like half his age and uh, cute kid, not my type. But uh, as I say, you never get a boy to do a man's job, but it was one of those intergenerational marriages. It's a very beautiful house. It was on the beach in Malibu. And I wound up during the course of the evening because I was driving. I couldn't drink a lot, but I wound up, you know, having maybe one or two. But I wound up talking to this guy and he was nice guy, older guy, short. Leslie Jordan is super short compared to me. I'm 6'3". And we're talking for a while. And I see folks, he was on Will and Grace, but I only watched one season of Will and Grace. So I had no idea who this guy was, but he's very nice. I have to say, Leslie Jordan was the perfect gentleman. Chat, 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 chat. And then he excused himself. And my friend came rushing over to me. He was like, do you know who that was? Do you know who that was? I'm like, no, I have absolutely no idea who that was. And he's like, that was Leslie Jordan. I'm like, okay, who's Leslie Jordan? He's like, he was on Will and Grace. I'm like, Okay, well, I don't watch that show. <laughs> that was my Leslie Jordan story. Perfect gentleman, nice guy, had absolutely no idea who he was. That's probably why we had such a good conversation because I wasn't drooling all over him and his uh, his fame because to me, it was just like, eh, I don't know who this guy is. Anyway, here's his quote. I remember my 50s were tough. As you get older, you walk down the street and people don't even look at you. It's weird the way we treat people that are older and especially in West Hollywood where everyone wants to be young and beautiful. I think we're past that as a gay community. Well, Leslie, I'm not sure about that. I hope, you know, I think that also has to do a lot with the bar scene, which has been curtailed. But even before that, back in my day, I got here to California in 82. All you had were the bars. You go to the bars. That's just where you went to see other gay people and meet other gay people. Now I think, my gosh, we have everything. We have choirs. We have gay camping. Well, don't go to that camp up in, uh, in Michigan. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. We have gay this. We have gay that. There's a lot of ways, plus the internet, where you can meet people. My generation, we went through so much. I remember I walked up to these young kids holding hands in Kitchen 24, and that, folks, is a restaurant in West Hollywood, and I just said, you have no idea what we went through, so you guys could, and then all of a sudden it hit me. Oh my God, I don't want to be that, like your granddad who would say, you kids have no idea what we went through. I thought, oh my God, it's the same thing. They were like, yeah, uh uh-huh, go on, pop, pop. (laughs) Actually, a very good quote from Leslie Jordan. I just found that amusing, folks. It, you know, neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, Leslie, I respectfully disagree with you. It is still as vapid and shallow as it was 20, 30 years ago. Okay, folks, this is our last story. See, I told you, folks, it's a very short podcast. This is from The Smoking Gun, and here's the headline. Motorist blames rap song for 120 mile per hour bust. Uh-oh, let's find out about this. In what may be the worst explanation for driving 50 miles an hour over the posted limit, a 21-year-old motorist told cops that he was speeding on a Florida highway, of course Florida, because he was listening to a song named Ciento Viente, which means 120, so I was driving 120. Bless his heart, he is dumb. Cops allege that Richard Lee Ortecho, 21, was spotted weaving in and out of traffic Saturday evening on Interstate 95 near Vero Beach. Ortecho, driving a Volkswagen, and who knew folks that a Volkswagen could hit 120, was clocked at speeds ranging from between 120 and 127 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone. Ortecho barely missed striking other vehicles according to an arrest affidavit and did not immediately stop when a cop car with his lights flashing gave chase. When Ortecho finally pulled over, he said, I'm sorry, I didn't know driving reckless was illegal, cops report. (laughs) 
Asked why he was driving in excess of 120 miles an hour or Techo offered an odd answer. And that reminds me, folks, this I didn't know driving reckless was illegal. I remember back in the day, this had to have been the uh, early to mid 80s. Steve Martin used to have a bit. This was back when like Steve Martin was a stand-up comedian, was doing a lot of that. Bette Midler was doing some stand-up comedy as well. And there's, of course, Judy Tenuta. Remember that white boy, Malcolm X? You cannot possess me. No. <laughs> when she was talking about the Pope trying to seduce her. Long story, folks. But yeah, Steve Martin used to have this bit about uh, when you get arrested for something, just say, I forgot, right? And he used the example, I forgot armed robbery was illegal. And you could get off <laughs> you could get off from that. But this 21-year-old's like, I didn't know driving reckless was illegal. I mean, he didn't say I forgot, but he's like, huh, who knew? Hey, it's as good an excuse as any in the state of Florida. Ortecho said he was driving while listening to the song A Ciente Viente, a cut on an EP released last year by the rapper Track Insano, who I have never heard of. Ortecho was arrested for fleeing from police, a felony. Man, I warned you people. And yes, I know I shouldn't say you people, but you Florida people. I told you, those folks in Florida, those popo are not screwing around. They're giving people felonies now. And before, everything was a misdemeanor, but now we're starting to see a lot more of these felonies tick up, so behave yourselves. And reckless driving, a misdemeanor, of course. We knew that was a misdemeanor. After a post-search arrest of the Volkswagen turned up some pot and a grinder. I don't know what that was for. Ortecho was also charged with possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia. Ortecho was released yesterday from the county jail after posting $6,500 bond. So, if I get this right, Richard was driving around. Who knew that a Volkswagen could go that fast and not blow up? <laughs> I've had three Volkswagens, folks. Two of them were electrical nightmares, but one of them was okay. But he was going, he was speeding, and he got pulled over, and he tried the excuse. I didn't know that was, <laughs> that was illegal. But it is. So you folks in Florida, you now know. Don't try that with the popo and do not flee the popo. They will charge you with a felony. And on that note, I told you it was a short podcast, so we are out of here. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us on this very brief podcast of the Miller Frost Show. Have a great rest of your week and start to your weekend. And we look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday. In the meantime, take care. At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase. Shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 3rd. See associate for details.